to have you here. Man, this is exciting times. The church is growing. People are getting saved. It's incredible what God is doing. So exciting. So before we start, all of our campuses, Santa Paula, Blythe, so on, I always like to start with something funny. And I had someone send me a riddle. And so if this doesn't go well, don't judge. Um, but this is my funny riddle for the service to begin. Y'all with me? All kind of quiet today. Somebody say amen. All right, here we go. Ready? Why are chickens not allowed in the church? Because they only use foul language. Come on. So here's the deal. I figured if it was bad, we can only go up from here. All right, it's going to get better. <laughs> it's going to get better. I want you to read this verse with me. Here we go. Exodus 17, verse 11. This is our theme verse. We're starting a brand new series called Hands Up. In fact, let's practice. Ready? Hands up. All right, you can put them down. Let's read it together. As long as Moses held up the staff. Let's try it again. I want to hear you all the way out in Blythe and Santa Paula. Here we go. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the... Listen, I believe this passage, as we're going to go through it for the next three weeks, is going to teach us some powerful truths about hands up. So why don't we do this? Why don't you close your eyes and put a hand up? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We ask that you would speak boldly, loudly in this place, in every campus, Lord, in every home, in every nation, in every city. Lord, we want to be hands up. We want to hear what you're saying. We want to apply it in our lives. Lord, we want victory. We want salvation. We want revival in our nation. So we ask you to move in this place, to move in our hearts. In Jesus' name, and everybody shouted. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Chris. I want to talk to you on this story of this passage we read a moment ago about Moses. And I'll kind of begin by explaining that Moses and the children of Israel had just left the, the land of Egypt. And they're experiencing kind of this journey to the promised land. And while they're on the journey, they're attacked by the Amalekites. We'll learn a little bit more about the Amalekites and who they're descended from and kind of draw some conclusions there. But as they're being attacked, Moses looks at Joshua, his kind of assistant, and he says, Joshua, I want you to go and choose several warriors to fight. Go down into the valley and go to war to protect our nation. While you do that, he said, I'm going to climb up the hill with a couple of my assistants and I'm going to raise my hand, I'm going to raise the staff and you fight the battle. And so that's exactly what happens. Moses, the Bible says that while Joshua began to, hang on, there we go. While Joshua began to go into the valley to fight the battle, the Bible tells us, let's pick up on the story. It says in Joshua, or Exodus chapter 17, that Joshua did what Moses had commanded, and he fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of the nearby hill. When he gets to the hill, you know what happens? He goes, hands up. So let's try it. Everybody together? Together. Ready? Hands up. Okay, now, I want to talk to you about the theme of hands up. It's interesting. There's a couple thoughts over the next three weeks that we're going to learn of why this concept of hands up is so important in our lives. So I'm going to give you the first point. I'm going to kind of do a little teaching today. So just hang in there with me as we build a foundation theologically to understand why we do what we do in church and why God has called us to do certain things in our lives. So here's the first principle of hands up. And that's this. God wants us to be hands up in worship. 
I want you to write that down in Santa Paula and Blythe, or if you're here in this room, hands up in worship. Now, God wants us to be hands up. Now, as I began to think about it, how many know that then in our culture that people raise their hands? You go to a concert, people lift their hands, right? They have their phones in the air, right? People lift their hands. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about it later on of why people lift their hands in our culture. Uh, but how many know it's even in our songs? I mean, I actually did a study where I went online and Googled songs that have the words hands up or raise your hands. In fact, I'm going to date myself right now, but how many remember the song, raise your hands in the air? Come on, I know some of you millennials don't have a clue what we're talking about right now. Generation Y, they're like, what are you talking about? But you know what? If you go through and listen, even modern songs that are happening now often will reference lifting your hands. And so I got to thinking about it, and I happened to see uh, this comedian talk about this, and I'm going to do my best to share what he shared, because it's really cool. Let me ask you a question. How many of you grew up and came from a church, it was called a, well, it was a hand-raising church? All right, a lot of you came from, how many of you didn't come from a hand-raising church? Wow, you just, you did something new there then, didn't you? Congratulations. I got to tell you, if you come to Higher Vision, it's a hand-raising church. And so let me just say, if you're not from a hand-raising church, I want to just help you be a little comfortable today. And so um, I want to, you know, I don't know if you know it, but we've actually come up with names for the different types of hand-raising that we have in church. Um, And so I just want to kind of make it easy for you and help you kind of, you know, work your way slowly in. So here's how it starts. You're coming in, you see everybody raising their hands in worship, and you're not quite sure what to do. So here's what you do if you're a little uncomfortable. Just put your hands in your pocket. Do the elbow thing right there. <laughs> elbow flop. Just, just flap your elbows. What are we doing? Well, we're kind of getting the heart rate up, getting you ready for the next step. Because if you're ready, you can go to the, you graduate to the next one, which is, you ready? Some of you, you started this way. Good for you. Wherever you are, just feel comfortable. And that is, carry the TV. <laughs> come on, anybody remember, carry the TV. And then, come on, some of you take it to the next level. Right? Right? Carry the big screen. <laughs> carry the big screen. Right? And then you can just like, take it next, because the next step is, and a lot of you are here, and this is good, good for you, it's called, my fish was this big. <laughs> if you're a liar, it's this big. <laughs> but that's okay, you're in church, because it's Jesus forgives, right? Thank God for grace. And then some of you, I mean, you, you, you go this way, and, and I, this is one I see often that is, carry my baby. <laughs> and then, then if you want, the next one is uh, two light bulbs. Come on, you ever done the two light bulbs? And then you take it, because it's football season, goalposts. Come on. Right, and then you add in a little heartburn, heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalposts. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And then one of my all-time favorites, Mufasa. It's the circle of life, right? Some of you are like, man, Pastor, it's taking it pretty high. Can you take it higher? Oh, yes, you can take it higher. Because if you want, and this is where a lot of millennials, I do this sometimes, but you ready? This is three ways to take it higher. Number one, pointer, hatchet, high five. (laughs) High five, God, high five. And then there's always a couple women that are kind of thinking about washing the window. (laughs) Come on, some of them have really big windows. Have you ever seen them? They're like... And if you want to kind of finish it off with the big three, this is what you do. It goes like this. You ready? You can always end it this way. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. 
Come on, hands up, right? Hands up in worship. It, we're a hand-raising church here at Higher Vision Church. I don't know if I did Tim Hawkins justice, but uh, I did my best. But you know what's interesting? When you get to church, you don't just raise your hands in worship because it's what the world does at a concert. You don't just raise your hand because it's something that emotionally you're responding to. We do things because we want to be biblical. And can I tell you, hands up in worship is biblical. It's being biblical. In fact, I want to show you a verse, all of our campuses. Why don't you take a look at the screen? And, and it says this in Psalm 134, verse 2. Look what it says. It says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Can I stop and tell you that you and I are called to be worshipers, that we're to bless God. And what does the Bible say? It's filled with examples that we're to, what does the Bible say? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Or how about this one? I will bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. The word bless there is actually the word praise. So what the God, God is teaching us is that we need to, when we come into his house, praise him. But how? Lift up your hands and praise the Lord. So when we lift our hands, when we're hands up in worship, it's not some uh, uh, charismatic or a thing or a emotional thing. It's a biblical thing. I don't know why this blesses God. I'll be honest with you, this doesn't bless my wife. When I get home, if I go, <laughs> she's not blessed. She's weirded out. But for God to lift our hands, it blesses him. It praises him. So God wants us to be. Now, we'll get back to the story of Moses in a minute. But I'm kind of laying a foundation that we need to be hands up in worship. In fact, I'm going to give you a reason why. There's a lot of reasons why I think God wants us to be hands up in worship. I've taught on them over the years. We could take weeks just to focus on that topic. But I'm going to give you two reasons why we need to be hands up in worship. Number one, it's because worship is about elevation. Worship is about elevation. You notice in the passage we read that Moses climbed up on top of the mountain to the top of the hill, and then he raised his hand. There was something that was taking place that had to do with height or elevation. And if you look at worship, you can see the reason. Let me show you. It's found in Psalms chapter 34, verse 3. Look what it says. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name Together, let me just stop and say, when the worship team is on the stage, they're not up here to perform a concert for you. You don't just show up and go, wow, that's cool backgrounds, and maybe you're a millennial, you're like, ooh, I like the lights, how they're moving with the kick drum, and that was kind of cool, and wow, I like that song, and wow, look at how they're singing, and boy, that guitar. No, what, here's what worship leaders are doing. Worship leaders are saying, I'm going to worship him, and I want you to do it with me. So he says, oh, magnify, together, let's magnify the Lord. And how do we do it? By exalting his name. It's interesting because the word exalt is a Hebrew word, and here's what it means, to raise or to lift high. So literally what they're saying in the passage is that when we lift our hands in worship, we're lifting up or raising God, exalting him. Now let me stop and say, in theological perspective, you... You can't make God bigger or higher because he's already as big and as high as anything can be. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So literally, our worship doesn't make him greater. Our worship doesn't make him higher. But there's this need or importance for us to exalt or to go through the process of lifting him up in praise. 
Why is that? Well, I began to think about it because what's interesting is how many know that if you have something that you think is important, you lift it up. Now, let me ask you a question. How many, we got some football fans in the house? Yeah. All right. We have any Rams fans? Yeah. All right. Do we have any Detroit Lions fans? Yeah. yeah. You missed it. Last service, we had someone. And uh, I think next service, there's someone that comes. There's two of us total, I think. Football is happening, and you know what happens. The goal of football is that you win each game, get to the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, and then not just be in the Super Bowl like the Rams were last year, but win the Super Bowl. And then what happens? At the end of the game, the quarterback will take the trophy. He won't just hold it and go, this is cool. What will he do? To the crowd, he'll grab what he has, and he'll lift it up. So that everyone can see it. I, I, I'll give you an example. Let me show you. This is a picture of it. It's um, Matthew Stafford holding the Super Bowl. I'm being prophetic right now for somebody. Because I'm believing. I have faith in Jesus' name. To exalt, to lift up. But here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. The value of that statue of having being, being a national champion, a world champion in football, doesn't change in value from when it's here to when it's here. So why does he lift it? He doesn't make it better, but here's why he lifts it. And here's why we lift our hands in worship, because we don't make God bigger, but here's what we do. By lifting God higher, we draw attention to others to the value of that thing in our life. So we exalt God, not because we make him bigger, but because when we worship him, we give a chance for our kids, for our neighbors, for our friends, for our enemy, for the devil to know that God is valuable, that he is important, that he is awesome, that he is mighty, and that he is a priority in our lives. Amen? Because worship is about elevation. I want the devil to know. I want my family to know that you are number one. That you are priority. That you are valuable. That you are first. I exalt you. Come on, hands up. Come on, hands up out in Santa Paula. Yeah, is God first? Shout amen. So worship is about elevation. But let me, let me say the second thing that worship is about. Worship is about who's in charge. Worship is about who's in charge. And let me explain to you in this passage that we go back, we're gonna, we're gonna focus more on this in the next couple weeks, especially week three, because there's some powerful truth about warfare that happens in this passage. But as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, as long as he was hands up with the staff, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites had the advantage. When his hands were up, it was like, it was an acknowledgement that God's in charge and God became in charge. He started winning the victory. And it's interesting because, let, let me explain it this way. If you decided after church today to go to the bank and it just so happened the Bank of America happened to be open on a Sunday and you walked into the bank and when you walked in, everyone in the bank was going like this. How many of you know that someone's in charge? Right? Because everyone in the bank is going to be like, you're in charge. I surrender. 
you're in control of this situation. And what a beautiful picture that God has given us with hands up in worship to demonstrate to the world that, that to our kids, to our, our community, to other believers who are struggling, to be able to say, hey, no matter what's going on, no matter whether I'm in a valley, whether I'm in defeat, or whether struggles are happening, or whether I'm, I'm struggling with an addiction, I acknowledge, God, that you are in charge, you are sovereign, you have authority in my life. God, you're in control. Worship is about elevation, and worship is about who's in charge. That's, that's kind of what happens, and we see it in the Old Testament. Let me just show you another example of this in a different way. Not connected to worship, but connected with relationship with God. Abraham had attacked these, these men that had robbed um, Sodom and Gomorrah of all their, their, the people and all of their supplies and all of the, the things that were there. And so he goes and he defeats them, and he takes it all back, and he comes to the king of Sodom, and he's going to give them back all of their possessions. And he says this, but Abram says to the king of Sodom, with raised hand, I have sworn an oath to the Lord that I will accept nothing belonging to you. Here, how many know that when you go to a court of law, it used to be all across America years ago, that when you were a court of law, you'd put your hand on a Bible and they would say, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you. In other words, as a sign of this covenant between God and myself, that I understand you're in control, that you're sovereign, your rules apply, therefore I submit and come under your authority. He held up the staff. This is the authority of God, the power of God, the dominion of God. So therefore, by elevating it, you're saying, I come under what God has placed over me. God, you are sovereign. I'm going to tell you what would happen in our world if we would do that as Christians in our homes and in churches, that we would be people who would raise up our hands in the air because we do care, because we say, God, you're in control. You are sovereign, and we surrender, and we submit to your authority. Lord, have have your way. God, we worship you. Come on, hands up. Hands up in worship. Because worship's about elevation and worship is about who's in charge. Who, let me ask a question. Who's in charge? When it comes to your finances, when it comes to your family, when it comes to your calling, who's in charge? I want to give you the second thought today. The second thought, out, out in all of our campuses, if you're joining us in Latvia or Texas or Modesto or Mexico, Fresno, Riverside, second thought is this, we need to be hands up in prayer. Hands up in prayer. You see, the Bible says as long as his hand was raised, they won the battle. But when his hands were down, they lost the battle. I believe that this passage represents a spirit of worship. That's just my opinion. The reason I believe that is because all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, there are passages that talk about worshiping with their hands extended. But not only is it talking about worship, I believe it's talking about prayer. It's about prayer. In fact, he was standing there as an intercessor, as a prayer warrior, fighting for the people in the valley. 
in an elevated position with his hands up in prayer. In fact, if you look through the Old Testament, you can look at places like Psalms 63 verse 4, Psalms 28 verse 2, or Psalms 77 verse 2. Over and over again throughout the Old Testament, you'll see examples and, and admonition to lift our hands, not only in worship, but in prayer. When was the last time when you prayed, you lifted your hand to God in prayer? In fact, it's not only in the Old Testament. I want to show you in the New Testament. In fact, this is Paul speaking to his spiritual son who's a pastor. And here's what he's doing. He's telling this pastor, I want you to teach the body of Christ, all the Christians, that this is what you're supposed to do. Let me show you. It's interesting. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, he begins by saying, which I think is really interesting, especially if you come from a non-hand-raising church or you come from a hand-raising church, Look at what the Bible says. Because remember, it's not about preference. It's about being biblical. What does it say? In every place of worship. Now, can I just get real deep with you and tell you what that means in the Greek? In every place of worship. So maybe that applies to the Charismatics. Maybe it applies to the Catholics. Maybe it applies to the Baptists. I don't know, but what Paul says, what's interesting is he begins and then he ends with something interesting. We'll get there in a minute. But here's what he says. In every place of worship, here's what, what God wants for us. I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God. Hands up in prayer. When you pray, raise your hand when you pray. And then he throws in at the end and at the beginning. By the way, everywhere and at the end, make sure there's no anger and controversy about this. How I many know that prayer hasn't been answered very well? <laughs> a lot of people get all uptight about it. But what's interesting is Paul says, the Bible teaches us, he's speaking by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God says, listen, I want your hands up in prayer. I want your hands up in prayer. When you come into the house of God and when we begin to pray, lift your hands in prayer. God wants our hands up. Now, I just want to say that we're going to pause for a second because in culture, we raise our hands. We already talked about going to a concert and raising our hands, right? I'm going to show you four areas that we raise our hands in culture. And then I'm going to show you in the Bible a passage about prayer and how they correlate together. Y'all with me? You tracking? Come on, you tracking? All right, so, so let me give you the first one. Sometimes we raise our hands, hands up, and here's why, because we're at school, this is an example, and the teacher asks a question, and what do we do? We'll raise our hand to say, I have the answer, or here's basically what we're doing. I'm participating. I mean, sometimes we raise our hand for participation. Y'all with me? I mean, in school, we're, we're good at raising your hand. All right. How many were not good at raising your hand? Some of you still are not good at raising your hand. <laughs> Second one is we raise our hand for what? Because I need help. Right? Hey, hey, help. I'll give an example. We were in Seattle this weekend um, uh, preaching at Motion Church, amazing church that opened different campuses, and it was just a wonderful weekend. And we were going to come home, and we were going to the airport, and I had most of the family with me. We're up in, we're in this, uh, you know, uh, extended SUV to try to get everybody in there. And uh, we're driving in Seattle, and it's like a five or six lane freeway, and we're in the, you know, the diamond lane. And suddenly, um, we're following our GPS. And have you ever been following your GPS, but it got slow and started lagging? 
And so then, instead of saying like it's supposed to, in 500 feet, please veer to the right and take exit, you know, 25. Instead, it's like, get over there really quick because you're going to miss your flight if you don't hurry. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? That's what it feels like. You're like, ah, I got to get over. And so it, it told us that literally we had to get across six lanes of traffic to get to our exit. And we were already late. And, you know, we need to get there. So I, I decided, oh, I'm going to get over. So I put on my blanker, and I'm trying to get over. And you know what I figured out? There are no Christians in Seattle. <laughs> At least on the freeway that day, because nobody was letting us in. And so I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, we got to get over. Like, the accent's almost there. And so finally, I, I'm like, you know what, Devet, you need to help us. I'm like, Devet, help us. And roll down the window. And you know, what do you do? You wave like, help, let me in. Anybody ever done that? So, of course, it was kind of funny, actually. So, Devet, she was, like, on her phone, so she really wasn't paying attention. I thought what I was going to get was roll the window down and be like, like this, but instead it was, it was hilarious. And you know what? It didn't work. Nobody was letting us in, and we were, and I'm like, man, this is terrible. And finally, she's like, oh, she waves, and finally, I found a Christian in Seattle. Someone let us in, and we quickly got across, and we made it to our exit. But sometimes we raise our hand, not just to say I'm participating, but sometimes it's like, hey, I need help. You know, the third way is sometimes we raise our hand when we're angry. Right? How many have ever been driving down the street, and you accidentally weren't paying attention to the blind spot, and you went into somebody's lane, and they raised your hand at you? And they wanted you to know that God was number one. <laughs> Come on, anybody ever had that happen? And they were angry because sometimes we raise our hand because we're angry. Like, oh. And then how many of us sometimes we raise our hand because we're thankful? Like, woohoo, right? Scored a touchdown or something great happened. We're like, yeah. You know what's interesting? I want to show you in the Bible a verse about prayer. And I want to kind of tie it into, Paul said that he wants us to raise our hands in prayer, and then he tells us different ways that we should pray. So I want you to see it. If you have a Bible, turn with me. All of you on our campuses, take a look at this. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Now watch what Paul says. I urge then, first of all, in other words, this is first. This is so important. This is primary. This is a priority. So first things first, here's what you need to do. I want you, I urge you that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving, by the way, all descriptions of prayer, we're going to get to those in a second, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings, and all those in authority. Let me just stop right there and say, isn't it interesting that we're supposed to be praying for our neighbors? We're supposed to be praying for our leaders. We're supposed to be praying for the guy down the street who doesn't mow his yard and is bringing the value of properties down. We're supposed, come on, you might know what I'm talking about. We need to pray for whether it's our mayor or our governor or our president or, or the, the HOA director, the person in charge. How many know that we're to pray, whoever it is, that we're to be people praying for our friends, our loved ones, our enemies? We're supposed to be people of prayer. You all with me? Amen. So no matter who they are, what's going on, God wants us to be people, and this is a priority. But he says, when you pray, here's what he says, 
I urge that when you pray, you pray, first of all, with petitions. Here's what's interesting. Remember I told you about some people raise their hand, and when they raise their hand, they raise it for a reason? You know what the word petition means in the, in the Greek? The word petition means to urge, um, with, with urgently and earnestly, to urge with a heartfelt request to God. In other words, it's kind of like a, a help prayer. It's a God, help. Things are going on. My, my marriage is unraveling or, or I'm struggling financially. God, I need a breakthrough. I've been in, in this stronghold and addiction too long. God, help. It's an earnest help me prayer. Hands up in prayer. And then you have prayers. So you go from petitions to prayers. The word prayer there is a Greek word, and here's what it means. It means a reverent petition to God. To me, it reminds me of like being in school where you're like, excuse me. Reverently, I want to talk to you. I want to share my request. I, I, I want to, God, I want to come to you, not coming as I think I'm something or great, but instead I come humbly. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. I come humbly before you and I remind you, God, of the truth that you said that, that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That, Lord, that if we call on your name that you would hear us. Lord, I'm coming humbly and reverently and I'm bringing this petition to you, acknowledging who you are and how great you are. Prayers, petitions and prayers. Hands up. The, the, the last one here is thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for your, for your miracles. Thank you, God, that you, you protected us on that trip. Thank you, God, for that new job you gave me. Lord, I lift my hand in prayer with a thankful heart for who you are. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you were hands up in prayer? The last one that I want to focus on is the word intercession because I think this word is the one that it's tied to our our passage that we've been looking at, where Moses went up, and what did he do? He didn't go up to the top of the mountain and lift his hand in prayer because he just needed to pray for, you know, I need, God, I need you to, to work things out because uh, we, we need a little bit bigger tent. Me and my wife, we're, we're struggling with Zipporah. We need a bigger tent. So uh, I pray you, he didn't go up there to pray for himself. You know what he did? He went to the top of the mountain. He held up the staff, and here's what he said. He's like, God, through this prayer, his motion, his action is saying, God, I'm fighting now. I'm interceding for those who are in the valley doing the battle. Can I tell you what the word intercession means? Intercession means, it has two meanings. First of all, the idea is to intervene in prayer. And one definition means to petition someone like a king or a judge on the behalf of another. Just recently, I was in a courtroom and I had a chance to see and there was a lawyer who was interceding to the judge. And the, he was petitioning the judge for his client or the, their client to say, hey, I'm asking you to move in this situation. I'm asking you to give favor. I'm asking you to diminish these charges. I'm asking you to, to do this. And so they stepped in on behalf of. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you stepped in on behalf of your children with hands up in prayer? When was the last time that you stepped in between, you intervened for your job where you know there's all kinds of problems and backbiting and gossip going on and there's no unity there? When was the last time you got hands up and became an intercessor and inter intervened in prayer on behalf of your job? When was the last time that you got on your knees and lifted your hands and began to intervene and intercede for God, move in this city? God, I pray that you'd bless this town. I pray that you'd bring revival to this city. I pray that you'd save my neighbors. I pray that they'd know Jesus. You see, part of the things of being hand up in prayer is saying, God, I'm willing to go and stand in the gap. I'm willing to intercede. In fact, could it be 
The Bible says that when Moses had his hands up in intercession, they won the victory. Could it be that some of our children are struggling? Maybe our marriage is struggling. Maybe our career is struggling. Maybe our finances are struggling. Maybe our city is struggling because our hands are down rather than hands up. You know, the other part of this, and I'll bring it to a close, it, it means not only to petition on behalf of another, but it means to come in between to prevent or alter. Have you ever seen when two people get into a, a fight, a skirmish, and what happens? Someone will jump in the middle and step in between and intervene, intercede. That's what the idea of this verse also and this word actually means. I want to tell you right now, there is a battle and there is a fight. And we're going to talk about it in a couple weeks. But there is a battle and there is a fight that is raging. The devil is coming at your kids. The devil is coming at your calling. The devil is coming at our nation and our world. And God's looking for some people who will stand up and say, no, 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 no. No weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up will be silenced. If God is for us, who can be against us? When was the last time you stepped into the middle of the battle? Never forget my, my dad. One of the things I remember about my dad, we just had his three-year anniversary of his passing. And uh, a lot of, I have a lot of great memories of my dad. And some of those memories are prayer. My dad was a prayer warrior. If you've been around, some of you know I used to tease and say that my dad, he'd get up early in the morning and pray. And that uh, we would always wake up and we're afraid that our house was haunted because we had Casper the ghost in our house. Because the way he prayed, he prayed loud, and I don't know how he did it. He wasn't singing, he was talking, but he had a vibrato when he talked. So he would start, and it sounded like Casper the Ghost, Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name. That's how he'd pray. I don't know how he did it, but he had a talking vibrato. It was unbelievable. The second thing I remember with my dad is sometimes something like a fire would rise up in him. We'd be in a prayer time, and he'd start praying over a family in our church and knowing a situation that was going on. And the next thing that would come out of his mouth is I could, it's like in, in this context of this sermon, it was like he was jumping in the middle between the enemy and that family, and he was jumping in the middle, and he would say this. He'd say, devil, you're not going to do it. Devil, I take authority of you. The Lord rebuke you. Devil, you're not going to have your way. Devil, you're not going to break this marriage apart. Devil, you're not going to keep them in addiction. When was the last time you had your hands up? And you said, devil, you're not going to do it. Hands up in prayer. Because here's the point. We, we read it a moment ago. He says, I urge you, first of all, that you pray, petition, intercede, have thanksgiving. Why? Because prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Hands up in prayer. I want to end by just sharing with you a verse. And it's the next part of the verse we've been reading. And I purposely withheld it from you. So that I could reveal it to you now. Because as I began to meditate on this verse, here's what I discovered. As I discovered that God wants our hands up in prayer because there's something that comes as a result to becoming people of prayer. Prayer isn't just about him. It's not just about, you know, begging God. It's often, it's amazing to me that I feel like that if, if we would just pray, we would see amazing things happen. In fact, I've heard this quote before, but how many prayers have been unanswered because the prayers have been unsaid? 
God wants to move on the behalf of his people, but he's waiting for somebody to say it. He's some, waiting for somebody to pray it. He's, he's waiting for someone to stand up and intercede. And what I find interesting is he tells us, listen, first of all, most important, I want you to be praying for everybody, all your leadership, all the people in charge and people that are, are in places of position in your life. Pray for your neighbors, pray for your family, pray for everybody with prayers, petitions, thanksgiving, intercession. And then he says, that way, when your hands are up in prayer, we will live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and all holiness. In other words, the key to unlock peace in your life is to be hands up in prayer. Amen. In fact, maybe the reason that you're struggling and you can't sleep and you're always Googling and trying to find the answer and fix everything and have a problem to solve. Last night when I was in the service, the Lord gave me this word because I, I saw someone, I knew they were going through a struggle. I, in fact, the Lord showed me them online, Googling and um, trying to figure everything out and they're walking in anxiousness and fear and worry and it was like God was saying, you just need to take a step back and hands up. Because when we're hands up in prayer, what follows? Peace and holiness. Maybe the key to breaking free from that area. Now, we're all holy and that, that when we receive Christ, we're made righteous in his sight. But how many know that there's a sanctification process? And there's a lot of people that are struggling to find freedom. And the reason they can't find freedom, maybe it's because they're not hands up. Because prayer empowers you to walk in freedom to walk in peace. And the Bible says, and this is good in the sight of the Lord. In fact, can you do something with me? Hands up, all of our campuses, hands up. You know what? God just looked down from heaven and here's what he said. Oh, that looks so good. That's what the scripture just said. It looks so good. 